in the thing. Oh no, it says on my end that we're still loading in, so I'll just. It says on my end that we've been live for 14 seconds. <laughs> oh, weird. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what YouTube says. Yeah, that's what I'm looking on right now. Everybody just be patient. Oh, we're here, perfect. Okay. That's so we're live. <laughs> Yay. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to Lauren and I's live stream. This is the Dadvocate. Most of you guys know her. She's a really well-known father's rights advocate. She's got like a huge Instagram. What's your other big platforms? Uh, my big ones are here, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Surprise. Have, have you experienced any banning on any platforms? Actually, actually, yeah, I was banned from TikTok for about 12 minutes. <laughs> it was really intense. I was like, I remember just working on something and I was like, all right, time to check TikTok. And I pull it up and it's just like, hey, you've been permanently banned. Uh, would yeah. you like to appeal? And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember just being like, uh, and it didn't give me any reason. There was no reason listed whatsoever. And wow. I just like put in my appeal. And I was like, can I at least have my money? Like, <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, they do that. If they ban you, then they'll take the money that's in your, in your live streams. I've experienced like multiple bannings. And it's just like that dreadful bubble that pops up. It's like permanently banned. It's like, <sighs> I, yeah, I remember like my heart kind of like jumping out of my stomach for a second. And I, I actually was kind of emotionally ready. At that point, I was like, remember being so mentally tired of TikTok. I'm sure you can relate. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care if I'm banned from this platform. Yeah. <laughs> but I was a little bit nervous. And then like 12 minutes later, they emailed me right away. And they were like, never mind, you're not permanently banned. JK, and then never explained. Wow. And you haven't been banned ever since? Uh, that's, that's the only ban I've experienced. And what's your following on TikTok? Wait, what's that? What's your following on TikTok? Uh, 1.3 million. Wow. Oh, That's yeah. crazy. I remember the second last time I got banned, I was just about at 2 million. And then they banned me and have just like hidden me from the algorithm ever since. I do get um, occasionally like pulled out of the algorithm. It's it's interesting like yeah. i've noticed they'll disappear sometimes um but they'll do that i've noticed with the algorithm if your videos ever like don't perform amazingly then that's that's it for your videos for a little bit until another one performs amazingly and then they'll be like okay we'll yeah exactly yeah you just have to like keep keep trying essentially well i'm glad that you've had better luck on social media than i have i feel like your content is like really level-headed like I tend to, you know, yell a lot and say controversial things sometimes. So you're definitely a you little know more so level-headed. No, it's funny you say that because I've always thought of like me, you, and Emily King as the Powerpuff Girls, and you're definitely Buttercup, like the Powerpuff Girls of like men's issues. And I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm like Blossom, like still kind of fiery, but like, like you said, like fairly level-headed. You're definitely like the most aggro. You're our pit bull of the gang. And then Emily yeah. King, you cannot get her to say a mean thing at all. She won't even swear. <laughs> but I've never heard her. of Emily King. How? What? You've never no. heard of Emily King? 
I've never seen that. In a oh, yes, I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I didn't recognize the name. <laughs> yeah, I follow her on YouTube. Yeah, subscribe to her. She just started up with YouTube, too. Yeah. So no, her shorts are popping. Yeah. Yeah, I see her videos on YouTube or uh, TikTok all the time, too. She does, she does really well. I like her. I've seen a lot of advocates kind of, like, come and go um well they'll like do it for a while and then either they'll like you know figure out that they can't make money from it and they stop or they um you know will say something just like super fucking shitty and people will be like okay we see you now so but you and there's another one she used to go by the name of uh healthy feminism now she just goes by her own name um, but I love her. I'll just, I'll look it up right now. She, um, she talks I might know about her page. Yeah, she does a lot of like men. She's German. Um, I'm going to have her on my podcast pretty soon. Um, Cause I just think she does a really good, it, it's Leonidia. Leon, Leonidia. I don't know how to say her name. I'm going to have to check her out. I bet she's been recommended to me before. Yeah, I've I've called not called her out, but I've like I've shouted her out in my videos. I'll pin it in the description after this is posted. Um, so, what are your what? Are, obviously, I have to ask you the controversial topic. What What is your opinion on um, Pearl and her whole banned divorces rant that she's on? Because obviously, that like yeah. affects fathers as well, which is something that I think she's maybe not quite thinking through. What are your thoughts on that? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to have a very charitable take for Pearl on this one. Cause I know that she's just getting like dog left and right. So and I feel like that would be very easy for me to do. So I'm gonna try to be really charitable with her on this because like Pearl's one of those people, and there's a lot of we were talking about all of the, the women in the men's issues discussion. It can be so hard sometimes to tell whose heart is in the right place and who really is just like straight up grifting and just saying things for the views. Right. And so Pearl for a while has been appealing to people through very reasonable takes. And then lately has been kind of like going a little off the deep end with the big like ban divorce, take away women's rights to vote. And my most charitable perception of what she's doing is forcing the tough conversations through a very aggressive means. Yeah. That's, that's my most charitable interpretation. But in reality, what's most likely happening is that she's just throwing shit out there to blow up basically <laughs> yeah definitely i mean she hopped on like a few different trends and now a lot of people have been pointing out that um now that she's because like even her own community is like really like her, her own community doesn't really like to like doesn't doesn't support her so some maybe do but i think a lot of them just like to uh, I don't know, just kind of laugh at the train wreck, if I, if I so will <laughs> say. Um, and evidence of this is, like, you know, her views after she started spewing that stuff about, like, you know, banned divorces and just this, like, really radical stuff. Her views on men's topics started to, like, absolutely plummet. Even now, if you go to her page, like, her views are very low. 
And so now she's tried her hit at like political, uh, like commentary. And I, I haven't watched it. Um, I'm not going to watch it. But if you look into like Pearl's history, and even when she was just setting up a camera and talking to herself in her car when she was driving, um, she's very much talked about how she was, you know, just looking for business ventures and she had this whole business model. And that's all this has ever been for her is like a business model. And it's really irritating because I feel like really solid advocates like, you know, you, the Tin Men, myself, like we're kind of left to just even Emily King, like we're all left to just like pick up these pieces of this like absolute shitstorm that's like not even our mess. Yeah, I think that's kind of the worst part about it is again, even with me being at my most charitable, unfortunately, it has started to kind of hurt the entire space of trying to take these conversations seriously, much in the same way that radical feminists are actually harming women by making every single person who wants to talk about women's issues look like a crazy, raging, blue-haired Karen. You know, like, now people are associating, like, simple channels where we're like, let's talk about issues that men are going through without necessarily taking away anyone's rights or spreading the oppression. Right. <laughs> you know, now we have to kind of carry the mantle of that. Which yeah. Sucks. Yeah, but I agree with you where when you said that it like it opens the door for bigger conversations. And I've said that in the past too, even about Andrew Tate is like, even though these people are really just like pick me up artists, it really you know, it like creates this space where we can now talk about these issues, um, even though it may not be coming from the best place, like these people, at least we can talk about them. But there's this like, yeah, it's it's very, it's radical and it's not good for anybody. And like, I don't know if you recently heard what happened with NBC News or if you read that article I sent you. Uh, oh, I did, I did. Yeah, so they just like, you know, and just to touch on people like Pearl, like painting this community is awful. She's not helping. And so people like NBC News pick up these stories of that girl that was made that false allegation over a fucking Wi-Fi password and like made everybody known all this information nobody knew before. Nobody knew he was fired from the Coast Guard. That was never, it was never even my point, never my stance. My stance was always like, don't make false allegations, especially when children are involved. Hello. And NBC News took that and like really just painted me as a fucking bully. Like men's rights are this community is a danger to women, even though I made a I gave her a huge statement on how like violence against women is important to me. I'm a survivor of it. I protect all victims. And she used one one fucking quote for me where she asked me if I would agree that I call out women who like uh, abuse their boyfriends on the internet and I'm like yeah I would agree with that um I also and said that, like I'm working yeah yes, I'm working on it now to make it sound like you were admitting that you have problematic behavior and that's yeah. not what you admitted to <laughs> no and it's all in the in the wording as well and she's like 
Roma or Chloe, whatever she referred to me as, Roma posts videos of men being victimized and blames women. And it's like, are you, what are you suggesting? Are you suggesting mm -hmm. I'm holding all women accountable for one woman? Because I don't do that. So you must be saying that like the woman isn't actually to blame and it's the man's fault, even though he's clearly being abused in the video. Like, exactly. And it's articles like these that they're just trying to shut men up, if we're being honest. Like, they're just trying to shut up men because what, what articles like these and what the end game is kind of pushing the goalpost towards is look, men, you can't post stuff like this or else you're going to look abusive. And women, you can't take the man's side and stick up for him. Like, you can't do that either. So now we're kind of pigeonholed into this space of like, well, men can't call out problematic behaviors in women, and women can't call out problematic behaviors in women. So, yeah, they only Well, you know what's funny is I've been saying for years, and I've been called a quackadoodle even by people in like my own family, in my personal life. I've been saying for years that there's that capitalism has invested its fucking claws into these into things like media like there's corporate interest into spreading these feminist messages now that are like past just like bringing awareness to women it's like actually lying like this reporter admitted to me on the phone that she originally wanted to focus the article on how that woman made a false allegation against her husband and that's why the internet attacked her and she said that her editors said no they didn't feel like that was important enough to the story and instead they wanted her to write about how this woman came out about abuse allegations and Chloe Roma and the men's rights community bullied her. And so it's like clearly it has to do with what's going to get clicks, what's going to make the most income, who's going to give the most ad revenue. And so it's like very clear in front of my face that they have incentive to hide actual fucking facts just to make men look bad and women look like victims and it's not women's fault little Susie down the street doesn't benefit when the media lies and paints some like awful woman as this victim like that's not and maybe she is a victim I believe she's a victim I believe that I think he's a fucking asshole but whether you're a victim or not it doesn't make it okay to make an allegation of a sex crime like, yeah <laughs> I find it and I also find it very interesting that you cover the story where this video is posted publicly online. You're covering the toxic parts about it, how it's not okay to lie. And then they're going to come at you and say, well, the only reason you made this video and pointed out this way is because you knew it would be lucrative, as if you are the one who made this woman have an absolute mentee be on camera. <laughs> like, that's yeah, the I had incentive to do <laughs> yeah. No, I know. It's it's just a way of like, you know, I've always said that if we are going to really internalize the very true fact, which is women have like full rights and capability over our own autonomy and our fucking brains and how we think, then like we need to accept that like we can also make bad decisions, do stupid things, say stupid things. And it's not, you can't, because their whole angle with it was that he had already been discharged from the from the Coast Guard. And then five days after they had discharged him, he posted that video that he took in before she made allegations. So to them, they were like, well, the only reason why anybody knows she made this allegation is because this guy posted this video as a fuck you to your ex. And so it's like, well, 
does that mean that we like shouldn't call it out? And and then they tried to equate it to the Johnny Depp trial as if, you know, almost suggesting that like Amber Heard was abused. And the only reason why the world favored with him is because he had this video of her looking crazy. And it's like, that's not the same thing here. Like it's, Johnny Depp is not to fucking blame for women being highlighted as not, not women, but some women being highlighted as like having the capability to be violent. Like that's not, that's such a threatening thing for some reason. And I don't know why we can't just acknowledge that. Oh, there is a huge upswing in the herd defense lately. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like I've even had people come into my own lives and be like, well, I do still take issue with the fact that you defended Johnny Depp. And I'm like, what? I'm not <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, same. I had some, I remember like a, a few years before the trial, the video is still on my YouTube, I think, where I did this like dissection of the audio as soon as it came out. And I, I experienced that after defending him too, where people were like, oh, you're just defending him because this is the train and this is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, like I've been calling this stuff out for so long. And I find it really irresponsible how people and that news outlet can see that somebody made a false allegation, admitted they made a false allegation, and then act stupid as to why people might question the other things that they were saying. Uh, yeah, I wish people could see the nuance is when, when people want desperately to have spaces where they can speak to other men and women about abuses that they have felt maybe from women, it's not to exclusively create a place or even at all to create a place where we are dogging on all women or anything like that. But yeah. God, these men deserve spaces to talk about these things, to acknowledge that the, there are pervasive issues instead of always being told like to just shut up because it makes people uncomfortable and makes them look like misogynists. Well, this might be a little controversial, but I, um, I, I chuckle to myself sometimes, and I think that a lot of radical feminists who think that if you're a men's rights activist, you're anti-woman, I think a lot of them feel that way because they themselves are, like, anti-man. Yeah. And so they exactly. hold all men accountable for few men's actions, or which ends up to a lot, but, like, come on, more men are fucking good boys and the ones that are out here, you know, beating, raping, murdering, like statistics show that one in 500 men will commit a violent crime. So like, that's just not, <laughs> the reality isn't that they're all going to be out here with their pitchforks all trying to hurt us. And that's just like, yeah, it's just a really threatening thing apparently, but they, they hold all men accountable. So I think that they automatically go, well, you're calling this woman out, so you must be a threat to all women. So I don't really think that's a threat. And you know what's so interesting too, is this is another criticism that you, me, anyone who talks about men's issues is going to get. Is they're like, well, you know, the only reason that men even have issues is because of the patriarchy. That's always what they say. And yet the thing is they don't acknowledge the fact that we are constantly acknowledging the patriarchy. It's just that we understand the fact that all of these systemic issues that minimize men, that end up hurting women as well, so much of the root of resolving that is 
placing value back on men. Yeah. That, that's so much of it is because so much of the concept of patriarchy is built off of dehumanizing men because men are the first ones that we want to use. That doesn't mean that they don't want to use women, but men are definitely the first ones to go. First on the chopping block. With definitely. System. Yeah. The only way to battle it isn't to say, okay, so now we make sure that men can keep hating themselves. That's literally how you guys perpetuate the issue. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And it projects things like, I, I, you know, I see it all the time where they'll be like, use things like, you know, fragile masculinity or like, you know, th there's just all of this like really degrading, um, like rhetoric used in language I see a lot on social media. And it's like, how is that ending the war on misogyny when a man disagrees with you and you say, oh, you're fragile. Like, what do you want him to do? Start punching holes in the wall rather than just communicate? Like, I see it a lot, uh, a lot of memes going around, like men are in their princess era or wanting princess treatment. And it's like, all I see is men like just wanting to communicate, doing the things that women have been asking them to do. I know it's such a fine line because to, to such a degree, I mean, you and I are both girl moms. And so we understand that it is so important for us to bring up our girls with an assertiveness and the ability to set boundaries and speak again, like up to men and be strong in themselves. But there's such a fine line between mothers who value that and then mothers telling their daughters, yeah, if a man even like speaks sassy to you, you just ask him, oh, are you in your fifis? Oh, such big emotions. And they're teaching their daughters like, instead of actual reasonable, respectful communication skills that you would grant to anybody, to, they're like, yeah, men, you just need to be up. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but it's bugged me so much. And my family's anonymous anyway, so I'm saying it. My my daughter was on the phone talking with my little sister. There's only a two-year age, a two age difference there. So my daughter's six and my uh, sister is eight. And my daughter was talking about like something that was happening in a movie where like the guy was being like really mean and it like slapped the girl or something. And my little sister was like, how ridiculous men. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, I was like, you can't, you can't say that. And I like, I corrected her. I was like, you can't, like you have an older brother. Like imagine how that makes him feel like that's crazy. But this stuff is like really engulfed it's so, so normal. Much. I had to, I was really guilty of doing that. I actually like even I I, I caught myself doing it even to, in the first year that I had my channel and I had already been established as the dadvocate. I was still catching myself unlearning those very socialized behaviors. Like I remember the first time I realized I'm degrading men to fit in socially. Was I had started my channel and already been talking about these issues, and I was at my kid's school, like rock, wrapping hot dogs. Some parent volunteer, and one of the moms made some kind of comment, like, "Oh, it's a good thing us women are doing this because if the men were in charge, it'd all fall apart." And I politely laughed, and then I was like, "Why am I laughing? I know that's not true. That was a stupid thing to say." Like, and I'm just agreeing with like, yeah. "Let's crap on men just because it's the polite social thing to do." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like you're weird if you say like uh that's kind of rude yeah like you you become the weird one I mean I you it constantly throughout my life I've always like lived and breathed 
men's issues and a lot of what I talk about like I talked about that stuff preached it to my fucking friends when I was a teenager and I was constantly frustrated by the fact that like random girls would come and hang out with our friends and they would just like I mean it still happens they just make these comments like men are stupid you know they just make these like misandrous comments just like expecting you to agree because you're a woman and it's like it's just awkward because then you're the one that's like, mm, no, it's actually not like that. And you're looked at like you're crazy. Like, why don't you have this ingrained hatred for men? I literally just saw it on one of my personal socials. Like someone that I've always liked and respected made some kind of a post and it was like men, but the E was censored as an asterisk. I don't know if you've seen people doing this where they literally yeah. censor the word men. And then in parentheses, it said beside men, derogatory. Like implied that the just the word men is intended to be derogatory. Yeah. And I was like, and the saddest part is I know for a fact it's just straight. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you have I, don't, I don't know why. <laughs> but Not that it would be justified if it was a lesbian making that comment, but at least that lesbian's gonna have a lot less hard of a time in life. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah, it's just very, I, I kind of like, I wonder sometimes how they, um, like how their partners, if they ever have boyfriends, like if they'll ever get married, like how, like if there are men who like really, I don't know, like tolerate that, like a lot, lot of a woman that is constantly like dogging on men, because anybody, man or woman, if you catch them saying like, oh, you're not like other men or you're not like other women, don't trust that person because they're like admitting that they have this ingrained belief and uh, bias against that gender. And they're, you know, you're just like special. You're enough. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not normal, but this rhetoric against like, especially fathers, I find it funny in not funny, but like, you know, in a lot of sitcoms, TV shows, you know, The Simpsons, Family Guy, even American Dad, like, it's just everywhere from, like, That's So Raven to the dad in Wizards of Waverly Place. Like, they're just painted as dumb and, like, they don't, like, everything would fall apart if the mom wasn't there. Exactly. And those are the other things, too, where, like, these are, like, <laughs> these characters are are written in and then they want to blame everything on men for these characters being written in. Like there's women on these writing teams as well, gleefully contributing to this. Like women are also the ones supporting the trope of throw your husbands under the bus. This has been body humor since the Renaissance era, you know, yeah, throw okay. under the bus, make a few coins, you know? <laughs> I just wonder when we're gonna like, I just wonder when that's going to stop. Like when as a society we're going to have completely like made the standpoint that that's just like no longer socially acceptable. Like I just wonder when that's going to come because right now it just feels like it's never going to stop if like men's rights advocates can't even have a space where, and it's like a very liberal space. Like my space is like, it's very, like we're not out here hating single moms, dogging on trans people. Like my majority of my community is pro-choice. Like I don't, it doesn't get much more fucking liberal, but yet it's still NBC News will be like, Chloe was mean to her because she came out about abuse. It's like, no, it's not what happened. 
Yeah, that's that's the interesting part about men's issues, too, is the way people find a way to politicize it. Like, especially when you get into the father's rights territory, there is some weird, like, immediate correlation between father's rights being a conservative issue. Yeah. It's not a conservative issue. No, most conservative families are staying together. Yeah, that this is something that affects everybody every end of the political spectrum these kids go without dads they're gonna end up stuck yeah well that's why i laugh at people like like pearl who says things like we we have to ban divorces because the divorce rate is too high and i actually got into an argument with my best friend about this like three days ago because he was the same way he's like well everybody is just so selfish and everyone's getting divorced because they're having a little argument and i'm like first of all nobody's doing that second of all uh my mom was married twice nine and a half years both marriages left because of cheating tried absolutely fucking everything and I can confidently say that my mother getting divorced twice does not harm your chances of getting married in the future. Like, why do you care? Why is the divorce rate a political fucking thing? The, the, what they'll say, though, to that is there are statistics that show and back up that a woman who was married is significantly less likely to remarry. There are statistics for that. But that's, the, again, this is a, like correlation does not measure causation type thing right nothing about that statistic being true proves oh it's because the women's uh what is it the um the thing that they test in bowls and birds her like chemistry was ruined because she slept with more than three guys or whatever uh, it's or the, i like to say she walked ruined. past 10 foreskins <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like Matt, can we talk about that, by the way? What is it? What is the concept of that again? It's not polarity. It's um, polarity? no, it's like the concept of someone should say it in the chat of if you the it's specifically with women that the more people you sleep with, like the less likely you are to be able to emotionally pair bonding. Pair bonding. Yeah. Is there? I don't. Is there any like evidence? <laughs> There's not a lot of studies on humans. So here's the thing though, I will say this, I think that there's probably some truth to it. Like I think that if you really get into a habit of like disregarding the emotional aspect of intercourse, that that will kind of like get you on a new train of thought and how you think of it. I think that that's very possible, but I don't think it's an exact measurable metric. Like every five penises takes away like, 10% of your ability to love like <laughs> yeah like I, I need to see something more because one thing that even just from like a psychology standpoint men and women who experience heightened uh, promiscuity um a, a lot of them actually have a history of being like molested or like yeah, that's raped true. as children and so a lot of victims will um, like, it's just very freeing to say, like, you know, I'm doing this because I want to. And I think that there's, like, you know, maybe that could be a part of, you know, why there's some trouble bonding because of, like, trauma um, in the past. Because I've never seen anything that's, like, like you said, for every five penises. And I think that goes off of the assumption that everybody finds that, like, intimacy 
through sex because I know for myself, like I find it more intimate to like snuggle, have a conversation about, um, you know, something meaningful that I don't open up to many people about. Like that's more intimate to me. So I think a lot of people uh, maybe just go off the assumption that everybody, specifically women, are like supposed to view sex as this like connection and like pair bonding and like some am I pair bonding to my dildo like does my dildo no. affect that like that's no I mean it's that's an honest question. question like, <laughs> you know, like does masturbating <laughs> affect that does like you know because I think it all my mom was born in 84 I think or I don't know she's 40 and uh, she said that when she was growing up, it was like very much stigmatized that women who had orgasms were whores. <laughs> it was oh, yeah. like, you we're should sure. not talk about having an orgasm or enjoying sex because you're not supposed to. Yeah, I think that's another area where men would benefit from kind of, I guess, like chilling out on women wanting to discuss their sexual interests a little bit more. Like I respect that men would prefer their partners to maybe ha have less experience with them than they do. I respect there are a lot of guys. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as you are on that boat as well. If you're like, I don't have a lot of experience, you know, but I think that most guys that we talk to, really, really value their woman being open and communicative about things that they like, things that they want to try, things that they've maybe seen in a video and are interested in. Right. But we, like, you know, growing up as a woman, we are so strongly advised to ne never <laughs> discuss that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And there's also the difference between, of course, you, there's a difference between us communicating those things publicly on our social medias versus partners yeah I find a lot of uh, a lot of the men that I see on social media um, and again like I'm seeing these men on like the whatever podcast uh, I don't watch fresh and fit but I've seen a few of their clips come up where these men who are spouting these like low body count values will then turn around and like I shit you not that one guy on the whatever podcast literally two minutes after saying that men were disgusted by a body count over double digits he throws out his number which is apparently 200 and the chat is like and I'm sitting over here like <laughs> like I'm just anybody what are you doing like there's this that I think at the end of the day what I laugh the most about is how like arbitrary even just like how many people we've slept with like how important is it if I could tell my partner I've only slept with two people and really it's 50 but they never know the difference how important can something be if it's like really just based off of like whether or not you're trusting what that person's saying do you know what I mean because like I myself I have a body count under two digits but I know that when I talk about that People think I'm lying because apparently my number is like the go-to number that women who have high body counts use to like oh, make what, themselves the magic that we're supposed to be using. Well, and that's that, that's exactly it. Like it doesn't. At the end of the day, it doesn't really. It doesn't really fucking matter. Like I think it's the most ridiculous argument. And a lot of these guys, when I talk to them, I'll say like, "Do you realize?" that you want your woman to have a low body count 
You want her to not post shit on social media that makes her attractive because you're insecure about yourself. And that's not like a, ha ha, you're insecure. That's like society has taught men right from very little to compete with themselves, with, with other men. Everything's a competition. So when a guy sees a woman that he likes that has a high body count, in his mind, he's like, oh shit. That's all these men that I'm going to have to compare myself to. I'm going to have to live up to that experience. I'm going to have to be better than them. And when it comes to your girl posting stuff on social media, you know, she's opening the floodgates for all of these other opportunities. And if you're not confident enough in yourself, then these things will bug you. And so I just challenge like a lot of men who place so much importance in body count specifically because they think a woman's value is like lowered. Like I just challenge them, like, is it her value that's lowered? Or do you really think that like your value is lowered? And that's what makes you feel shitty about it. I also just think like, why are we asking questions we don't want to know the answers to anyway? <laughs> I've yeah. never asked someone that question, to be honest. I, I don't think I don't think I've ever even been asked that question. Yeah, I that's not a question that I ever asked. By a partner. I have on the internet, but not by, uh, like, not by a partner. I just think that most people don't care. And I think yeah. like for a lot of women who consume a lot of social media and maybe don't have, like, a lot of men in their lives, like, please talk to the men in your lives because I promise you the majority of them, like, don't care. <laughs> they don't think that you, like, not, like, you or any woman just, like, loses value because she's had partners that she's been intimate with and it hasn't worked out. Like, who cares? There are people in the chat saying that they prefer women higher. Like, and my, my coach in jujitsu is one of those people, actually. I had this conversation with him once, and he was like, nope, I was with one virgin. We'll never do it again. And my husband said the same thing. He was like, my the virgin was the worst experience of my life. And I knew from then, like, I need a girl with some experience. I will never, ever be with a virgin again. So some guys are like that. Yeah, well, because that's, that's exactly it. And I think there's like, certainly a stigma for women as well, where like, a lot of, you know, there are a lot of men who are like, I need that low body count. Um, but then they're like, and I've even I've seen it as well. Like, I, I have tons of guy friends that I grew up around. And like, I've personally heard them dogging on how their girlfriend doesn't know what to do in bed or is shitty at this and shitty at that. And it's like, well, communicate, first of all, don't don't be telling me, tell her. <laughs> watch some videos together. Um, but also like, if you want a porn star, you're gonna have to like have somebody that like, either has been in a long-term relationship or has had multiple partners. Just get any STD check. Like, I think that they think that maybe there's like some of like the other man's deep. Oh. Hold on, I gotta, I actually gotta jump off. Uh... There's you know what, me as well, because I can hear my child crying in the background. Oh my God, both of us here. So it was a really nice chat, almost 40 minutes. So it was a good chat, but we should definitely do it again and do a longer one. Yeah, I hate to leave unexpectedly, but we'll do this again, everybody. Okay, it was really nice having you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.